It's the Widdick Committee, young, talented, gifted, black love and politic talk. Not loving hip hop, but it's knowledge we give out. I hope that you can catch it and try to run it back without fumbling the shit we kicked off. It's not for the simple minded, more for the gifted. I give my opinions. Hope you can rebuttal the shit that I kick. If you can't, then be quiet. Take a seat and just try to soak up the wisdom we spilling. Widdick Committee, gotcha. Throw up your W's, tell us what's up with you. Then we gon' talk about it. We not those other fools. This ain't your typical hypocritical dummy news. They do that shit for views. We do this for the youth who come behind us. In the trenches, you'll find us. Giving game in the brains of the youngest to remind them of the greatness inside them. Let them know that they can become whatever they wanna be. Just look at me. I'm a young black lion. And yeah, I'm full of pride. Sitting with my lion. This product of my environment. Whether it's brown, dirt, green grass, or iron fence, or a picket fence. Don't matter. Long as you get through it with motivation, dedication, and wittiness, hard work and greediness, even the sky is limitless. You wanna know what my definition of witty is or what wit it is? That's what witty committee is. Throw up your W's, tell us what's up with you, and we gon' talk about it. Yeah, we gon' talk about it. Throw up your W's, tell us what's up with you, and Bell gon' talk about it. Anise gon' talk about it. What up, 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 what <laughs> one, one. <laughs> 2020. No. Dub, dub, dub club. Dub it's club. another Witty Wednesday. Is it? Yes, it is. I am your big homie's big homie, Bell Brown. Okay. I am sitting next to the always authentic Anise Austin. The vivid voice. What go down, man? It goes, it goes, it goes. It goes, it goes, boom. Yeah. Hey, you talking about? We are, <laughs> we are very, very uh, happy to be able to host. Brother A.V. Shabazz of E2 Business Solutions inside the studio. Finally. Finally. Up in here. So. Like I've been here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So always good to have positive energy and people doing things in our city to be present with us while we're here on Weed Wednesday. So we're going to jump right to it. How you doing? I'm, Before I'm, you I'm, talk about jumping straight to it, how is you doing? I'm good. I'm okay. Good. No, we, we're, I, no, we had a couple of technical difficulties. Yeah. You said that wrong. Had a couple of technical difficulties starting up, so that's why we started a little late. But please bear with us as we, we, we dive through this topic that we want to get out here. Y'all ain't got to do nothing but stay with it. Yeah, for the yeah, money. For the share, money. And share the, share the program. Yeah, yeah. Stay, stay with it. Share the, share the live. Share the share live. This the man live. has a lot. Share my life. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody mad in the comment section. Oh, y'all, y'all mad at that little... Yeah, but I was happy about yeah, that. Yeah, with that, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so we we gonna, we gonna dive straight off into it. Mm -hmm. uh, Brother Shabazz, how you doing today, man? Man, I'm good, man. I'm good, good. I'm great. You that's, know? This is what? I've been uh, home cleaning, you know? Got some remodeling done at the house. House was a disarray. Uh -huh. So I spent the day getting it back in order. That's what's up. That's what's up. Yeah. So uh, let's dive. Where did the, the, the vision for E2 come from? Man, check that out. 
Yeah. Absolutely. Man, this is we here. Like, come on, Randy. We here, so, man. <laughs> what you mean, baby? We in here. A lot of a lot of y'all know my history dealing with social justice work, community work. Uh -huh. So one of the things that we were um working on at one point was um affordable housing. Mm -hmm. Right? And then the land bank. Mm -hmm. Land bank authority. So and trying to um come to terms with why the land bank was not open and operating as it was laid out. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so in, in doing that research of the land bank, I came across a lot of information mm -hmm. that, well, particularly that I found out what the land bank was able to do, we were able to do, okay. right? Um, not the exact same way, but the law that allowed the land bank to exist, mm -hmm. which is a Title 40, Title 40, um, 4010 law, which mm -hmm. after five years that they can, um, you know, they can acquire the property from the state. But anyway, these all these properties are in the state, in the custody of the state. Mm -hmm. And we have access to them even before the five years. The land bank has to wait five, but we have access to them before that. So once I found that out, um, and I started, you know, doing some more investigation, um, a sister, Asia, um, she had inboxed me. Mm -hmm. And she, because, you know, you know, I share a lot of stuff that I'm doing when she's someone that's doing. She had inboxed me and told me that, um, you know, and laced me up on some stuff that I didn't know, right? Mm -hmm. So she started telling me about the, um, you know, Jefferson County Citizens Access Portal, how to move, maneuver there. She just was lacing me up. And then once I tied all that together, she had turned me on to this uh, white lady uh, named Denise, uh, Denise Evans. Mm -hmm. So uh, I contacted Denise Evans. I bought her a course. She got a course, Introduction to Tax Sales. Mm -hmm. So when I bought her course, that really took me really deep into what it was and then from there I just dug down I didn't stop there right so it's like a skeleton mm -hmm. so like me I like to be thorough so I dug down in every component and then once I came out and this was like over like three or four months of studying so once I came out of that and I was ready then I started exercising it myself mm -hmm. working, through the pro working it through working it through this was like two years ago so as I start working the program and, fit and realizing how it worked and going through the whole progression and just winning 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 Mm -hmm. Then I started sharing it, you know, and I started sharing with people close to me. I started going and getting put, you know, guys off the block. Like, look, put your sack down. We got something else. Let's mm -hmm. do this. Where and we've just been running with it ever since. And then it just like, you know, it just became bigger and bigger. Then I said, well, like a lot of people saying, I want to know, but I don't have time to come to the class because I was having classes every, started at my home. I started cl having classes in my living room. Mm -hmm. Where, then we moved from there. We moved into um, this program called The Build Up. Mm -hmm. They allow us to use their setup. Then we moved from there to Starbucks on right here in Five Points West. Word, we were doing the classes there every Sunday. And then, so it just caught on. A lot of people saying they couldn't make it to the class because of their schedules. Do you have an online course? So I'm like, nah, but I'm going to get one. So I created the online curriculum. And I okay. launched that um, January the 1st. That's what's up. That's so, what's up. So, so that's how it started and that's where we are now. Okay, so let me kind of just jump in here because that's a... Um, that's a lot for people to digest who probably are unfamiliar with what we're talking about. So if you're just joining the live, we're sitting here with Brother A.V. And we are discussing his Buy the Block campaign. Like, you are basically somebody who has seen a need for knowledge in this area. Because, obviously, it's stuff that we have access to that we just don't know about yet. Yes. And I think a lot of the things that 
a lot of the reasons why our communities remain the way that they are is due to ignorance. And just due to just sheer not knowing, sheer not knowing exactly what's available for us. Yeah, I'm going to step further. I'm going to call it intentionally made ignorance. Yeah. Design. It is is designed ignorance. ignorance, Um, So, the Black Campaign is literally exactly what you say. I want want to empower our community to know how to um, pick these, like, $100 bills. Wads of money that's just laying on the ground. Mm-hmm. That's what these properties are. Yeah. It's just balled up money laying on the ground and people don't even know it. Right? Yeah. Diamonds, gold, this mud covered. Mm-hmm. They don't know that this is valuable. So by teaching them how to do this, and once you really get the big picture, when we organize our communities, then you realize that there's never, there will never be a tax property. There will never be a tax liquid property. Mm-hmm. Because if you understand what's going on, Every property that in your on your street that comes available can't be the link. You already have it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because it's already within. Like you know everything that's moving. Mm-hmm. If Miss Ann dies, you already know that she don't have any children, mm-hmm. and that this property is just going to be a desolate property. So you already know to go ahead and do what you need to do to this property. Mm-hmm. Adversely, adversely um, possess this property and then put somebody in it, or even make it a part of a community land trust where the community owns it. So you have options, but there should be no such thing as a, uh, a delinquent, dilapidated properties in no communities with with this um, with these opportunities. I think it's interesting that you liken or you kind of just made the comparison of these properties in gold, these properties in jewels, because I think a lot of people recognize gold as being valuable because it has a valuable connotation on it. But if somebody gave you a block of gold right now, you wouldn't know what to do with it. You wouldn't know where to get it liquidated. You wouldn't know how to actually take this block of gold and actually make it an asset to you. Otherwise, it's just a a paperweight. So one of the things that I find interesting when we speak about land and properties is the need for people to explain why this is important. Why this is something that you should be looking at and not just for the sole purpose of you know how we see on Facebook folks be talking woke or whatever and it's like well we got this land. Do we know exactly what we are, what we can do with it? Do we know what land is owned? Do we know what land is up, you know, for sale? Do we know what we can do for this particular thing? So I think people like you who come in and actually explain in layman's terms to where people can actually understand and then compile that with with different words and different concepts that they can then put on and be like, okay, well, you know, I understand this, so just building upon, upon it. So as much as we're building our communities, I think that it, is, it should be noted that we are also building ourselves mentally because a lot of us didn't have the the passion or the interest to even understand or want to understand the concept behind land and properties. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about that. So, and that's what I'm gonna I'm gonna like do what you say. I'm gonna put some value. Yeah. To this concept of land, right? So land, you mentioned diamonds and gold. Mm-hmm. Where they come from? Mm-hmm. They come from the land, mm-hmm. right? The clothes on your back come from the land. The material in these earphones come from the land. The food come. Everything comes from the land. There's nothing that exists that don't come from the land. We come from the land, mm-hmm. right? That's how valuable land is. 
and then let's bring it into a, a more, um, you know, cognitive, a more, you know, something that we can really wrap our heads around. Land, freedom, we talk about freedom. Freedom is control of land. Mm -hmm. That's what freedom equals. If yeah. you come to the definition of freedom, it equals control of land. If you control land, you're free. If you don't, you're not. Mm -hmm. Those who control the land control you mm -hmm. because that's what freedom is. And all liberation has always been about land. Mm -hmm. You can't have a fr fight for freedom without land. Yeah. So when we start talking about land, then we got to understand, like even in the American construct, the 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 even though you're never totally free in America because you don't have full access or full control, but the most control you're going to have in America is over is when you're a landowner mm -hmm. because you have private property, mm -hmm. right? This is like it's way harder for you to be violated or things to happen to you that you don't want, or than you to get attention or uh, uh, interactions that you don't want when you're on private property because you can't even come on my property, mm -hmm. right? So when we start talking about buying the block. We're not talking about just buying it in the immediate sense of having that asset that you can build on and you can have and you can, you know, generational wealth and you can pass on. But we're talking about controlling our whole neighborhoods now mm -hmm. because now we own this. Yeah. And whatever we want to go on here is what goes on and whatever we don't, don't. Yeah. You dig? So that's how valuable land is. So um, how did... How did you rectify this? It's like a this is the this is a mode of income that is sustainable for me personally. Like I I had a nine to five. Like the average Joe who has a nine to five who uh that's he has his four one k he has his health benefits. What would direct him towards this way of of gaining revenue from the one that's the, the trusted way, the way you the way that illustrate to you to go out and get a job? What would make this a more profitable way of income for the average person? Right, so um, for me, excellent question. This is gonna, you know, I just gotta be honest, right? Mm -hmm. I'm always depending on me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like I'm my MVP. Mm -hmm. Right. I can't fire me. Mm -hmm. right? I ain't gonna lay me off. Mm -hmm. Right. I can make me more than anybody can. Mm -hmm. I can provide for me more than anybody can. Mm -hmm. And anybody gonna love me more than I love me. And I'm gonna work for me harder. I'm gonna work for me. Right. With me, there is no cap. Mm -hmm. When I'm working for somebody else, all these things change, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? So the incentive, and when you talk about tax property acquisitions, you're saying in Jefferson County alone, there's nearly 20,000 tax delinquent properties. So the field is there. Vast. Like, mm -hmm. It's vast. I mean, you ain't finna run out, but check this out. These laws apply through the whole entire state. So that's from Huntsville to Mobile. Mm -hmm. So the it's plenty of fish. Yeah. <laughs> it's a big net. Yeah. And you can go out there and get it. And it's just the tip of the iceberg because tax property acquisitions is an entry into the real estate field. It's just, that's not the end game. That's only one component. Mm -hmm. So when you're saying you've got these 20,000 properties that Joe disposed in Jefferson County, that's 20,000 doorways into other mm -hmm. avenues of real estate and to make money. And most all, what, 90% of millionaires are millionaires through real estate. Mm -hmm. So land, right? So this is, and we talking about, like right now, we... At, at the perfect place because if you look nationally what has happened in New York what has happened in Atlanta what has happened in Nashville what has happened in major city is happening mm -hmm. to Birmingham so we're still ahead of the curve yeah. mm -hmm. so we have a, a, a crystal ball because mm -hmm. we slow mm -hmm. so we have a crystal ball where we can look and see what's going to happen before yeah. it happens and we can get ourselves in position and all this property that we're getting by putting ourselves in the right position in the right areas at the right time you're planting seeds now 
that in 10, 20 years from now will pay out immensely because you already had a curve and you put yourself in position. So it just, the cap is, it, it's no cap. Yeah. You yeah. did. So, uh, like, when you first get into it, like, how much of the curriculum is necessary for the person walking into it to start acquiring tax properties? That's a good question. So, I say, in my professional opinion, in my professional experience, that all of it, and one of the things I tell all my students, they have that witness to it, is I tell them, don't start buying properties until you finish the course. Uh -huh. Because we hang our hat on the fact that we win and win bigger and we never lose. And the way that we never lose is because we know it from A to B. I mean, from A to Z. We know the entire process. So what what benefit is it to acquire a property that you lose? Exactly. That What's you can't maintain. Lose? Right. So the last chapter, I mean the last lesson, we got six lessons inside the course in the curriculum. And the last lesson is, re is uh, redemption. Uh -huh. How to navigate that space. You dig what I'm saying? So you need to know that. And it's time-sensitive um, points in there and, and, and things that you need to know how to do the right way. And once you, the Alabama law sets it up for you to win. That's the important thing to know. Oh, yeah. That's why I was going. Yeah, I'm not brilliant. I'm not no rocket sign. I ain't figured out the, the magic code <laughs> or nothing like that. I just found out what they laid out. They said, basically, you didn't pay your taxes. He paid them, so we ride with him. Yeah. So it's not a... Is it a first come first serve type? Like if I find the house and I sit, I, I stay my flag here. I have the first deal that sit to take property. Yeah, your, your flag gonna be that check. <laughs> <laughs> so you can send that money in the state ride with you. Okay, okay so okay. so let me let me dispel a myth real quick because I'm not at all cultured on this element at all. But um, just growing and just being in Alabama and hearing people talk about you know just wanting to buy land. I was under the impression that okay, let's say it's a, a neighbor, it's a house in your neighborhood. The house has been abandoned, I guess, and the grass is is wild. Oh, I know you're going. Okay, so <laughs> so if you start to take care of this, like if you start cutting this grass, if you start, um, I guess, rebeautifying the neighborhood or right. keeping the neighborhood beautiful. Are you then, can you lay claim to this property? No. <laughs> False. <laughs> Thank you. So, what what they're actually speaking to, and it's a lot of truth and falsehood mixed mm -hmm. up. I got some. Tax properties inside of real estate. Mm -hmm. um, so, let's separate it, right? So, what they are speaking to is adverse possession. Mm. Adverse possession is real. Adverse, adverse possession is what takes place in tax property acquisitions. Adverse possession can be, it's three different types of adverse possession that in the state of Alabama. All right, so when you acquire a property through, the through a tax sale, then you have to have, you have to take possession of the adverse possession of that property for three years. Okay. Mm -hmm. Before you can acquire a title mm. and then ownership, take ownership. So adverse possession means a method in which a person can acquire a title who don't own the property. I That's see. That's what adverse possession is. I see. So you have to maintain possession of that property yeah. for three years. Exclusive is... There's four components to adverse possession. It has to be notorious, which means without permission. You know, you like you gotta just take this land. Yeah, you just gotta go over there with it. Yeah, just take it, take over it, and then it has to be um, exclusive, meaning nobody else is claiming this while you got it. Yeah, and it has to be um, open, like like treat it like it's your own, like yeah. everybody 
if they don't know, they think that's yours. Yeah. And then it has to be con consecutive for a period of time. Three years. Three years in taxes. Ten years when you paid it somebody else's taxes and stay there. And 20 years if you don't pay no tax, you just go get an empty house and start living in it. And you live in there for 20 years and you can take, you can quiet title and take ownership. So those are the three forms of, forms of adverse possession. Hmm. That's why. Okay. So, yeah. um, when you ride around the city and you see some of these abandoned houses, is, are, is, are you inclined to, to, to go and seek out the information about this particular house just upon looking at it? Or is it a, is it a process, what, what process do you go through? Like riding around, and you see a house that like okay, the, the, wall, get this. the walls, the walls and windows are boarded up. Yeah. There's no real sign outside. The grass is growing wild. Like there's nobody actually active on this property. Yeah. Like you get out, you go, you examine it. Like what's your next step? Like that's not even my step. Okay. Because right? what we do, we have a system. Mm -hmm. So one of the things, one of the tools that we use is a is a uh, app called Land Glide. Mm -hmm. And Land Glide, I can literally, like on my phone, everything that I do is on my phone. Mm -hmm. Like with a smart device, you can do everything. Like the world is your office. In other words, family, <laughs> you ain't riding around scoping out abandoned buildings <laughs> for your neck to put your next bid in. <laughs> you actually, uh, it's an app that you can go through and look at. Yeah, so uh, I can log it. So when I go to, like the Land Glide app, what it does, it'll pull up the property wherever I'm at. Mm -hmm. I can see that property. I click on there. It'll lay out. It'll go to the county records and give me all the records and show me the delinquency status. Beautiful. If it shows me that it's delinquent, then I just, I'll pin it. And then when I get home, I can actually apply for it right there if I choose to. Mm -hmm. But what I do, I just pin them. And then when I get home, in the comfort of my home and my time, then I go back and I apply for all those properties yeah. once, once they're delinquent. But, and then I don't do any, like we don't want to work ourselves for no reason, right? Right. So you don't really want to start in, right, investigating a property until you get what is called the price quote from the state. Mm. Once they send you that quote, now you're the only person that can acquire it besides the only paying it. You're the only person. It's exclusively in your care for 21 days. Mm. So it's at that point that I actually start doing my research component, which is another thing that we do that, you know, it's a lot of people who dabble in this space, but they don't go to, they don't do what we do. We do a lot of research. So before I spend money on a project, I already know how I'm going to enter and exit. Yeah. Right? I know exactly what my strategy is. We have over 15 different strategies that we can use. Right. I already know what my strategy is before I even send the money in. So that's important. That's one of the reasons, again, we never lose. And, and you know, and they go like that. Now, um, so that is an important component to, to mention. Um, a lot of people may be interested, you know, they might be interested and they might be with, um, with somebody would consider having money high, burning in their pockets. Mm -hmm. You know, just ready to get Ooh, out there and invest because they like, they like, yo, I, I don't want to work for nobody no more. I'm sick of this. Yeah, that's right. You know, and they, and they say, okay, well, you know, I want to acquire some land. I think that that's probably the best way to go about it. But they might not research their research. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important for us to understand, like, it's a lot of it's a lot of misinformation that's out there. It doesn't mean that you're completely wrong. You might be having the best intentions when you put it out there, but it's right. wrong. Right. And we suffer from a lot of misinformation in our communities, and we also suffer from, which can be a suffering, it could be a detrimental or positive aspect that just need to, to do something. Yeah. You know, so one of the things that I think happens is we are so excited about this now that we can go out and we can... Uh, with the best intent, but foolishly, make a 
move before we've uh, we've even began to understand the full capacity of the move that we've just made. That's a fact. It happens a lot. Yes, right. it happens a lot, and I think a lot of people they get the blues off of that because once they get in and they do something that don't works out the way that they wanted to, they feel like they've been bitten and they don't do it again. Let me so, throw a stat at you. This mm -hmm. never, this seldom if ever you heard. Ninety percent of real estate investors fail. Yeah. That's a fact. That's crazy. Right? But you never hear it. You only hear the glamour mm -hmm. of the game. Mm -hmm. but, the 10%. Right. But the, 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 that 10% become rich. Mm. Right? But that 90% fail. And the reason is because of what you just said. They go in half cock. They go in floating on this big idea. I'm going to get rich quick scheme and all that. And they don't do their due diligence. They don't do their homework. They exactly. Due diligence, ladies and gentlemen. Right. So one of the things that, that we do because of that exact same reason inside of our curriculum we have a downloadable powerpoint and inside of that powerpoint we have embedded every time we cite law or source you can click on it and it take you to that law and to that source Beautiful. so you can actually see what the law say mm -hmm. not what av say Beautiful. Mm -hmm. you dig what i'm saying so you can go to the core and you can find out everything so we everything is law based and we want to make sure that you know because guess what the better you know and understand, the more confident you move. Mm -hmm. if, you don't, if you're not sure, you're going to be very timid. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to fumble. Mm -hmm. But if you know you're the boss, and you know you know what you're doing, you're going to move through it, and you're going to like a hot knife cutting through butter. Right. Yeah. And that's the reason I moved the way I knew. Move, it ain't because of arrogance. It's because I've studied and I know. You know. Mm -hmm. I know the curriculum, I know the law, and I know how to move. So that's very important to make sure that you're moving based on facts. Definitely. I definitely agree with that. So I mean, let's let's get to your um your buy the block campaign. Like, where did the 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 I mean, I I know people say buy back the block. Like, yeah, the, the, the Rick Ross song, buy back the block. Yeah. Why did you? Why is yours buy the block instead of buy back the block? Good question. This but he, he, he be thinking on it. He be thinking. He saw it. Get <laughs> that out of there. Mm -hmm. So buy back the block implies that you had it. Gonna be a long night. Well, we never had it, mm -hmm. right? So I don't even want to feed into I want you to buy the block mm -hmm. because we've lived on the block. Mm -hmm. We've claimed the block. we fought about the block, but we never actually owned the block. So we want to buy. We want, I want everybody to, when, when I, like I speak to every dynamic. I don't speak to just professionals. Mm -hmm. I speak to street tribes. I speak to dancers. I speak to whoever because whoever had resources. And especially whoever have groups, whether you social savings clubs or, or, or community or church organization, it doesn't matter. If you have a group of people, then you it's easy for, for you to it's easier for you to get resources. Right. And you're talking about properties. I can, it's properties you can acquire for three, four hundred dollars. Okay. Right. And it's properties you can acquire for twenty, thirty thousand dollars. I mean, it's just what 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 that is. And when you organize, that's the key that I learned coming out of social justice work. Organizing is a whole nother animal. When mm -hmm. you organize and you have people like people who come into our fold, like E2, they're not individuals anymore. You become a part of a network, a family. Mm -hmm. And you'll do more business inside of E2 than you do out. Right. <laughs> you dig know what I'm saying? And we, we minimize the work and, and that we have to take on because we come together and get stuff done as well, like clean outs, trash outs, and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. We don't have to outsource that. We don't have to pay to do that because all of us do that inside with ourselves. So just being able to organize amongst ourselves, mm -hmm. just put us, and then being familiar with your community. If you rooted in the community, you know your community, mm -hmm. the most valuable resource in your community 
It's your elders. The elders know everything about that community. Can you run that back one more time? Let's just say that part again. The, the most, most valuable resource in your community is the elders. Mm -hmm. They know everything about that community. They never left. Mm -hmm. They never left, and they're not leaving. And then they so, like the elders, they something serious. Like the elders would tell look, a person can come go into a community right now and offer an elder $100,000 for a $20,000 house. If they don't look like us, the elders would be like, no. <laughs> Straight up. The elders would be like, no. That's fact. We're not selling it. Mm -hmm. And then you come now, and they say, baby, you looking for a house? You can get it for 30. Mm -hmm. You can get it for 20. How much you got? You just take care and make sure you raise your family in it. They got the right mentality. We just got to get back on on page with them and get these communities. And a lot of these dilapidated and, 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 and you know abandoned houses came from, guess what? The children left mm -hmm. and didn't come back. And when the elders died, there was nobody because the children didn't want no parts of it. And that's the reason we have a lot of this dilapidated uh, abandoned houses right now. Oh, they sold grandma's house. Yeah, they so, just left it. Mm. So, <laughs> I mean, that was, a, I mean, just taking it light for a second. Um, a couple of weeks ago, there was this uh, video that kind of circulated on Facebook of a girl who got her significant other a property. Again. Yeah. Uh, a rental property. Yes. Yeah, um, and he was kind of fixated on, like, I asked for a Rolex. Right. Um, he didn't give now, me no chain. Like, this was... <laughs> this <laughs> I'm at, girl. I don't need this. So that was a big... Uh, there was a lot of commotion going back and forth on either side. And both sides started making strong points. Like, if you, got a, if you got a rental property, you don't know what to do with it, or you ain't got the money to kind of put it in motion to get money from it, then the more valuable thing to you in that particular situation is the watch. And some people looking at it like, why would I want something that depreciates in value when I can actually create my own value with the rental property? I, so you... Like, how do you look at that situation, like, from the outside looking in? Right, so, people make points that are points, but they really doesn't change the bottom line. Alright, let's do it. The bottom line is, there's no way that you're going to make a, a, a Rolex more valuable than a property mm -hmm. when you get through. Mm -hmm. right? Even if you just bought it and sold it. Then, it, you know, of course, the question came, well, what if the property ain't worth but such and such? Okay, like... You're looking for some reason to rationalize this watch at this point. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. That's what you're doing. But now, the, something I do want to talk about inside of that, that point that's made is the ability to maintain a property being a landlord. Because okay. that's not an easy task for a person who don't know what they're doing. And more importantly, we have right now too many slumlords. Mm -hmm. Slumlords, people who buy property who don't know anything about managing a property and they're collecting rent from people who are living in conditions that they should not be paying the rent to live in. So that's real, right? Mm -hmm. And because we live in this construct called capitalism, like people don't care, you know? Like people look like us, they don't care either. Like they want that they want that seven hundred fifty dollars. Yeah. Or get out. Yeah. You don't your lights ain't working, the water the water is squirting all on the floor. Well, I get to it, send my 750, you know, that's real. So, you know, we have to be very, like with me, I don't do, I don't do landlord, I don't rent properties. Mm -hmm. I have had properties that I've rented, but I get off of them, I sold them off, because I know my heart. Mm -hmm. Like if a girl called me, if a woman called me, I'm going to jump up by my bed and go make sure it's right, because I'm not, so I don't want to work myself like that mm -hmm. until, and I'm not going to do that until I'm ready, until I have all my pieces in place, to have my whole team organized, to have project managers set in place where I can do that and do it right. Otherwise, I wouldn't do it at all. So, I mean, just E2 as a whole, like... Mm -mm, uh, uh -uh. Uh -oh. Don't stumble past that. We were still talking about...
This doggone rental property that was given to this young man, mm -hmm. and he wanted this watch. Mm -hmm. the, I like watches I, too, but yeah. I, I, ain't, I ain't, you know, <laughs> I don't know his, I don't even know his financial condition. He might be straight. Yeah, I mean, but more so, I I, it was so many, it was so much gray area to it that I, it kind of alluded back to the point that we were making earlier. It's like, well, yeah, she probably did what she thought. Yeah, she she probably thought that that was the best thing because literally y'all that is the advice now that is the advice now into in today's world man y'all out here struggling you need to get you some land but and then they don't know nothing about doing no land give me this like for a gift like who yeah. says that though yeah like, who I, says that? I disagree with that whole premise I mean <laughs> but to me it looked like she knew that he was going to have that reaction anyway. She knew what type that she was talking to anyway because her reaction to her homegirl was, I told you he was going to say that. Okay, well. Oh, man. I, I mean, but. I can't even imagine somebody giving me a gift if I like it or not and be like, I don't want that. Yeah. I don't want this. Yeah, mm -hmm. I don't have that kind of gumption. <laughs> <laughs> that's gold. That's gold. That's unmitigated. That, that's unmitigated. God. That's unmitigated. That's to merit. That's to merit. That's all day. <laughs> You said something earlier I want to talk about. When you, well, you said something when you was talking about somebody who got that check, mm -hmm. <laughs> but they want to do something different, but they, you know, try and figure it out. Mm -hmm. um, like, we talk about money, right? That's like the most talked about conversation. Yeah. Not working and working for yourself to get money, but the most valuable thing that I get out of being self-employed or owning my own company time it's my own time mm -hmm. that's the most important thing like I'm never on anyone's time my children are with me mm -hmm. I raise them I teach them I pour into them every day all day it's I've never I hang my hat on the fact I've never missed an event that mm -hmm. my children are involved in never not once I never missed a birthday I've never missed anything that they want to do because I don't have to and that right there is more value to me than any chick. And it's never going to be a time where somebody says, hey, you need to come over here and get this this deal. And something going on with my kids, I'm not coming. Right. Don't matter how much it is. You so essentially, so that's, you, that's you, the biggest thing for me. You are allowed, with your own time, you're allowed to keep your life going and flow with your own morals. Your own standards, whatever you hold near and dear, that's what makes you move. You don't move off the case of a dollar. And I think a lot of people want that freedom. Yeah. So, again, like I said, their quest for that freedom leads them into situations where they kind of just jump out. And in a way, you kind of got to admire people that that's just feelings like, man, I'm tired. Anything is better than this. And then, you know, we talking to them with noodles. Like, you know what, fam? You'll get them again. You know, like you got to admire people who say they want to break the monotony of having to go to a 9 to 5, but it's also necessary to be able to research your research. I, You mentioned something earlier about your curriculum. You said that you never lose because of the different, you got 15 different strategies that you all, that you can actually go on to before you even make a money move. You right. got 15 different strategies to consider. Are these 15 different strategies, I, I mean, of course, I know that people have to actually come to or try to link with you to find out exactly what these things are. So, these 15 different strategies, I just, out of curiosity, are these 15 different things that you have acquired over just knowing, like, 
all of the studying that you've done and acquiring this information are these 15 different strategies that you came up with yourself or these different 15 are these 15 different strategies that you have noticed have worked in certain economical trends a good question so um the, no i haven't come up with them i was actually taught remember i told you i took a course mm -hmm. so i was taught four yeah which is the basics and then from that i developed like six or seven and then team members within my who came to my class mm -hmm. they've developed strategies as well yeah because strategy is just looking what's on the table mm -hmm. looking at all the moving parts and coming up with something a benefit how can we make these moving parts benefit right like coming into a problem and then figuring out how to get on the other side of it yeah because it's gray area everywhere yeah mm -hmm. so that's how, like one of the strategies we use to the person who got that money burning up in his pocket mm -hmm. just doing, one of the strategies we use won't even call, won't even take for him using any of his money. Right. Like one of our strategies show you how to make money with no money. Wow. And that's not hype. That's mm -hmm. not fluff. That's actual fact. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's just rooted in knowing what you're doing. So I'm gonna give it to you. So the strategy once you uh, once you send in an application to the state of Alabama, they send you a price quote. Remember I told y'all earlier you have 21 days. Mm -hmm. So in that 21 days, only you can purchase that tax property but you don't have to purchase it mm -hmm. you can find somebody else to purchase it right and then charge them for that opportunity ah i see you see that so mm -hmm. you take the brunt of the 21 days and you just selling them to benefit right. afterwards you manage that sale for somebody else who's looking for property so you right. find people who's looking for property who want to get into this game and you just broke the deal and you broke the deal mm. and you make money in that in that window yeah so it's just that's just one of the strategies and, and you can make money like that all day because there's people looking for properties all day. So essentially, this sounds like it's 15 and growing. Yes. Yes, there's no cap. And I tell anybody, once they come into the foes, like open your mind. Yeah. Right? Open your mind and figure out some more. Like the ones I come up with, like my thing is, my my, my, my answers come to me either in my sleep or like in the wee hours of the morning, like yeah. 5 in the morning. Mm -hmm. Like if something puzzling me and I just can't get over it, right? Like this one strategy I came up with, I call it um, creating creating equity, mm -hmm. right? And it came to me because I was trying to figure out how to, like, if you got somebody or an investor who's on the fence, right? Mm -hmm. He's like, you know, he has questions. He wants to get into it. He heard his stuff, but, reluctant but he's not sure. Yeah. How do you get him off the fence, right? So what I did was I came up with a contract. What I add to the contract that in the event that this doesn't, I, I give them basically lay it out what, how this is going to transpire and everything to do. And if you do these things and you lose, I'll return everything, all the money that you have invested. Okay. I guarantee it. Because the guarantee is really nothing because the state already guaranteed it. Yeah, the law. The <laughs> law has said it. Right, the law already guaranteed it. But for him to hear the guarantee come from me, then, okay, yeah, well, you going to get my money? Now mm -hmm. he ready. Now because he ready. Because fear was what kept him back. But it's nothing to be afraid of. He's scared of the boogeyman. Mm -hmm. You dig know what I'm saying? So it's just getting him off the fear wall. Yeah. And then into the game. And then now he done bought uh, another property since then. Mm -hmm. We got a question on the live. Um, uh, Courtney Noah wants to know, how does you how do you feel about uh, doing wholesaling? What's up, St. Cove? Wholesaling is a different animal, right? So wholesaling is... <laughs> it's not tax property acquisition. We could talk about it, but it's not tax property acquisition. It's noise flipping. These are totally different things. Mm -hmm. So wholesaling, the first thing people got to understand about wholesaling, 
wholesaling is a market. It is a hundred thousand dollar plus market. If you're talking about wholesaling and flipping, you got to have something that has that you can create equity in to be able to have the cushion to be able to make money in the middle and for the investor to make money and for the owner to make money. Mm -hmm. So you can't do that with inner city houses that top out at eighty thousand mm -hmm. dollars. That's not the market for wholesaling or flipping. Gotcha. You dig what I'm saying? So and then you're not going to get the value of a property in the inner city. You're not going to get that in a real in a sale. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. like, even if a property is worth eighty thousand dollars on the market, you're only probably going to get twenty, thirty thousand dollars. I see. Gotcha. You dig what I'm saying? Because this demand drives the market, mm -hmm. not the the assets value. Yeah. You dig what I'm saying? So. So essentially, the eighty thousand dollars is just a cap. It's an assessment. Yeah. Right. Like you have an assessed value, then have an appraised value. Yeah. Yeah. The appraised yeah. value is going to be selling point. Right, so when you talk talking about what the last what is six worth. properties sold in a in a one mile radius in Inslee, yeah, right, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's your comp. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No matter what your property assessed at, yeah, your appraisal is going to be like thirty thousand, thirty thousand dollars or something. Mm -hmm. yeah. You dig what I'm saying? And then the bank is not going to loan you against the appraisal. They're not going to loan. They're not going. They're not going to finance. The assessment they're gonna finance the, the appraisal. appraisal. Yeah. Okay. So, so I, I mean, that. I had I, I read this this newspaper article woman talking about how she got into doing what she's doing, and she's talking about flipping houses. So a family member died. She had life insurance on that person, so she gets a lump sum of money. She wants to get into flipping houses. She watched HGTV all day. It seems like a lucrative idea to her. So, what is the difference between what she's talking about doing and what some some the same person? With the same amount of money coming to E2, like what would be the difference in... Not today. Let me show you. So, I've been giving y'all some heavy shit, right? Y'all ready? Yeah. So, if I was to get, if I was to flip a house, first thing I would have to do is acquire the house. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I would have to acquire a house in an affluent market, in, mm -hmm. a, in, a, in an appreciated market. So, a house in that area, even if I get a foreclosure, let's say that I spend $40,000. Mm -hmm. Right, so now I have to rehab the house. I have to get the house in tip-top shape. Yeah. So I put another thirty thousand in there. Right. So right now I'm in seventy thousand dollars. Then say that I can put the property on the market and I can sell it for a hundred thousand. In that scenario, I'll make thirty thousand. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Right. But now let's say, um, uh, so within that framework, it's a lot of moving parts. Yeah. Right. A lot of moving parts, and the biggest moving part is the rehab. So if you're saying what happens with a lot of people, they jump in that and they that their constructor, them 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 constructors, them builders, they take them down through there. Yeah. This is this is this is a, a, a sharp market, right? These, these hey, they're taking out. They gouge. Yeah, they're gonna hit you. Uh, well, we thought it was gonna be this, and now it's gonna be that. They find a price wall and this, this. And if you don't know what you're doing, they're going to eat you alive. Yeah. And you're going to come out of there either losing or breaking even. Yeah, because you blasted your budget on, on some last-minute repairs. Right. And then when you start talking about rental properties, another thing, people be like, yeah, man, I want to just give me some properties and rent them out. Right? So let's talk, let's talk about that. And that's a long-term strategy, and you got to understand that rental properties is a long-term strategy. It is you putting something in place that you can eat off when you're older. It is not something that you finna get the benefit of now. You're not mm -hmm. getting an immediate return on you're that. You're going in the hole, mm -hmm. then you're coming out. So if you're saying that I'm gonna take this property for twenty thousand, I'm gonna put twenty thousand in, and I'm forty thousand in the hole. If I'm getting a thousand dollars a month, right? How many months would it take me to get out the hole before I start making some money? 
Yeah. Right. So <laughs> that's you got to think about that, right? Yeah. So with tax properties, I don't I don't never go in the hole. I never go in the hole. I get the property, and if I if I get a property right now today, for just get the price quote, I can make money without having to invest any money. Mm -hmm. If I take the um, if I get a property that I do pay for the the tax, say I pay a thousand dollars on the tax, I can pay the thousand dollars on the tax and turn around and sell it for two thousand. Right then, yeah. that's two thousand dollars. I can do that once a week and make a thousand dollars every week. So if you if I'm making a thousand dollars every week and you're still coming out the hole for fifty weeks, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> before by the time you get I done made fifty thousand dollars before you even start making any money. Yeah. yeah. I made fifty thousand before you hit a one. Yeah, before you even make one. Mm -hmm. So in the tax property game, it's just so much opportunity that it's and low risk. Low risk. That's that's the that's the key component that I think low I'm taking from this. Low hanging fruit. Watch. Mm -hmm. It's way more we talking about metrics. Mm -hmm. Right? Y'all pay attention to numbers. Metrics of Birmingham. Median income of Birmingham, thirty one thousand. Median income, mm -hmm. thirty one thousand. Mm -hmm. Sixty one percent of Birmingham live at or below the poverty level of twenty five thousand. So most of Birmingham live around twenty seven thousand. What's affordable? for $27,000 a year. These are the questions you got to ask. So when you start talking about $100,000 homes, most people in Birmingham cannot afford $100,000 homes. Mm -hmm. So you're not marketing toward the majority of the people. You're marketing toward the minority. Mm -hmm. right? So if you want to have the most clients, then you need to bring the price point down, which makes tax properties a perfect fit. Because now, a person who can never afford a home at $100,000 or $70,000 or $80,000 mm -hmm. can afford uh, $3,000. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You see that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they can buy that. That's people can put their hands on three thousand dollars. People can put their hands on four or five thousand dollars, but who can't put their hands on a hundred thousand dollars? So you have way more clients. You dig what I'm saying? Yeah. So it just makes it make sense. Mm -hmm. So like what like something that I I, I actually was wondering, uh, something that actually like listen to you tip me off to. What's the difference between a tax certificate and a tax deed? Mm -hmm. Ooh, tax certificate and tax deed. So there's a forget what you heard. <laughs> Raise your mind. Here's another myth dispelled. Another myth dispelled. A tax certificate is a tax delinquent property that's less than three years delinquent. Mm -hmm. A tax deed is a tax delinquent property that's three or more years delinquent. Wait a minute, run that back again. A tax, tax certificate, certificate is a tax delinquent property tax delinquent. less than three years delinquent. Uh -huh. A tax deed is a tax delinquent property three or more years delinquent. Understood. Now, with those two de designations, they both give you rights to immediate possession. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They both give you rights to rehab for pres make preservation repairs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They both give you rights to live in or to rent out, mm -hmm. right? And then they give mm -hmm. you safeguards to go with those. Mm -hmm. The difference is with the it's two sub it's two major differences. One is a tax certificate. You have no ownership interest. You have stewardship rights, which means you have custodial rights over the I property. I get it, yeah. But you don't have an ownership interest. Mm -hmm. But with a tax You deed, can be in here, but this ain't yours. Exactly. You don't mm -hmm. own it. But with a tax deed, you still don't own it mm -hmm. outright, but you have an ownership interest. You have what is called color of title. You have a piece of ownership. You own the tax interest. So now, if you're the owner, mm -hmm. you're still the owner. But I have a degree of ownership in your property mm. as a tax deed holder. So and I get cut out something? No, but with that tax, with that interest that I have, if you're not around, 
if you died or you didn't left the property or you and you just not in the equation and I satisfy my adverse possession, now I have the grounds to file quiet title. Because now I'm saying to the court, I am the only owner. There is nobody else. So give me total uh, ownership of the property. And I have to have a degree of ownership to make that claim. You see that? So, <clears throat> and what can, what, in what way can that be contested then? Like if you come in, like does somebody's next of kin come in and they can contest you for it? Or like, like what can contest that? Let me finish the last does? point on the difference. Mm -hmm. The other difference, major difference, is the manner of redemption. Mm -hmm. With the certificate, they have what is called an administrative redemption. And with a tax deed, you have a judicial redemption. Mm -hmm. Administrative redemption is initiated at the redemption office at the Jefferson County Courthouse. Mm -hmm. You go there, you tell them that you want, if the owner goes there and say they want to redeem, they will start the process for them. That's an easy way to start the process. Mm -hmm. But with the tax deed, they have to file a court action, a lawsuit in civil court. So it's a much more costly and more um, exhaustive way of redeeming the property. Mm -hmm. So that's rarely taken. That avenue, once it gets to that point, is rather taken. Mm -hmm. Now, to your point um, about who can contest the quiet title, mm -hmm. the quiet title works like this. So, and this is outside the scope of tax properties, but they intersect, right? Mm -hmm. So, we need to know that. So, the when a quiet title, I'm going to give y'all a, a, a play. You know, mm -hmm. I'm going to act it out. Yeah. So, I file quiet title. I This is me saying to the court, Judge, I've had this property for three years. Main, remember the adverse possession? Mm -hmm. I've had this property for three years. I lived in it. Um, I've rented it out. I, I, we paid the bill. We paid the taxes. We got the power on, lights on. Everybody knows that's our situation. And nobody has said anything about it for these three years. I want, can you make it all mine? What the judge does is stay appoint what's called a guardian ad litem at your expense, of course. A guardian ad litem. And a guardian ad litem will go out and seek and find anybody who has any ownership interest, the owner or heirs or anybody. If they can't find if they find anybody, they give them notice to come to court. If they come to court, they can contest. If nobody comes to court, nobody comes to court. Right? If they don't come to court or they don't find anybody, then the guardian of the will stand in the place of that person. But again, you have satisfied the administrative I mean yeah, the adverse possession. You have satisfied the adverse possession. So and in, in lieu of somebody coming to that courtroom and, sat and, and contesting it, you'll be granted quiet title. And if they do come to court, they still have to fulfill their obligation, which is to pay you the tax plus 12%, the value of your preservation repairs plus 12%, and the cost of your ins insurance premiums paid or not paid plus 12%. So there's still a financial hurdle that exists that will have to be overcome before a redemption can take place. Now, mm -hmm. let's scale that back. We don't even put up fights about redemption because that's not our mission. That's not our goal, mm -hmm. right? I know before I acquire a property, nine times out of ten, that the, the, li the likelihood of a redemption is either none or far-fetched. Mm -hmm. And if somebody comes and says they want to redeem, I'm just going to be like, here, here you go. No mm -hmm. problem. Give me what you owe me and here the property is. I'm on to the next one. There's no need to fight somebody about their property if they want it. It's their property. Yeah. But they right. have to pay you to get yeah, it. Yeah, they have to reimburse me for, you know, the value of my preservation prayer, the tax, and, and the insurance, the things that I had to do to maintain. For 30 years. Right, to safeguard my investment. But after that, it's, it's not a fight. And we, we don't promote our people going toe-to-toe -to -toe and fighting with somebody about their property. Mm -hmm. Because if 
we we entered into this property because we had our intel told us that nobody's here. Uh huh. You dig what I'm saying? Yeah. So it would be. It, it wouldn't be the smooth. It wouldn't be the smartest. It's, it, I guess it's kind of funny that it's called a quiet table. You know what I'm saying? Because all you just gotta do is just be quiet. Yeah. Anybody yeah. gotta fight? Yeah. Anybody gotta say that? Either way it go, if you're the person that's actually coming in to try to get the property that you've been taking care of for three years, um, if somebody comes out of nowhere and be like, "No, nah, that was my daddy's house. He did so it's you know or whatever property." So it, that don't work like that, right? Mm -hmm. So my, I have I have a friend that's going through that right now. So in Alabama, Alabama law is that if, a, if there's no will, if a property is not willed to a person, mm -hmm. then there is no owner. Mm -hmm. And the only way the person, that there are persons who have rights to air, airship rights, but they still have to be probated. Oh, yeah. Like, so they still have to go through the probate uh, to prove that you are they you are mean. the heir yeah. before they can get those rights. Right, so in those kind of spaces, there's a lot of ambiguous space around tax properties, right? And you will have somebody may say, "Well, that's that person's child. They both have the rights to the property." Well, who says that that's the person's child? I can come yeah. in and say that's my that was my dad. You just gonna give it to me? Yeah, it's still right? a whole process that's got to be. Happen. And even if that is your dad, like, did your dad leave you the property? Well, you been for three. Years. Did he leave it to your auntie? Yeah. Did he leave it to his wife? Who did he leave it to? Right. Where's the will? Yeah. Like it's just not a given that because you I'm the child last night that the property is still mm -hmm. is gonna to come to me and that's the reason that you have to go to probate because you have to give people an opportunity who otherwise could have had rights to this property to state their claim to that property. You mm -hmm. just can't give it to somebody without having that process. But right. some people feel like, you know, you don't have to go through that process. And when I say some people I'm talking about as far as administrative and administrative positions, but when you look at it totally, you, you see why that's dangerous to just say because this is the son and he's on the birth certificate that you just give him redemption rights mm -hmm. to a property that he had no rights over. Mm -hmm. Right? So that he come back next week and the mom come up there with a will. That is another myth <laughs> dispelled. <laughs> that is another yeah. myth dispelled. Like it does not, to quote him, it don't even work like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it don't work like that. It don't go like that. That ain't how that go. Yeah. So when if if there's a dispute in a family over who's going to get the house, or it, let's say the house has been sitting there for three years, right. and you, you've done your due diligence and your process to go to start your process on attaining the house. So in the midst of your process, they see somebody actually working on it. Now the family comes together and they're bickering over whose house this belongs to. Mm -hmm. You've already paid all your money, so they owe you each level that you've already invested plus the 12% on top of it. Correct. So... When they start their process of, of, of trying to get the house back, they then have to total out everything that you've paid into it and, and, prove, that once. And, and prove ownership to the house. Yes. The only way that uh, uh, a person with redemption rights mm -hmm. can um, take possession of a property back mm -hmm. is they have to satisfy paying back of the tax plus 12% the value of the investment plus twelve percent, not the, the cost, and the insurance, not the cost, the uh -huh. value. A lot of people think it's the cost. They like the receipts, keep your receipts. Uh -huh. It's not cost. Alabama law says it's value, and the Supreme Court of Alabama has ruled that value is not cost. To uh -huh. make that plain, is if you come in here and put this building together yourself, how much did you pay? Uh -huh. So you can't produce a receipt, uh -huh. but you can produce the value, the okay. value of your work. 
So the value is the important thing, yeah. right? So you got to make sure that's understood. And then the, the redemption, I mean the insurance premiums, which is a whole year. Paid or not paid is what the law says. So even if the redemption takes place in two weeks, you only pay one payment on insurance, they still got to pay you the whole year of insurance. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's like everything is set up. But watch this. Now let's get the book. Now hold on before you go down the road. Like the 12% is 12% of what? Overall. 12% of, of the, well, the 12% is accrued 1% one, 1 per month for 12 okay. months. Okay, I got you. So I got you. 12% right. a year. Okay, I got you. Right. Man, so, I'm so happy you asked that because that's what I was finna say. Like, it's 12 because of 12 months. <laughs> I was gonna be stupid, but evidently not. <laughs> but now, let's, let's, let's walk back on this whole redemption because that's the boogeyman that everybody's afraid of. Like, mm -hmm. everybody, when they talk about tax property acquisitions, they get afraid of the redemption. Oh, really? Come back and get the property. Folk can come back and get their property. But last year, I sold, I bought 57 tax properties mm -hmm. last year. I had five requests for redemption in the, out of 57 sale purchases. Mm -hmm. Only five requests. And I only had two redemptions. Right? So it's very rare. Mm -hmm. Most people, when they walk away from these situations, they walk away from these situations. They walk away for good. You dig what I'm saying? They don't come back. Yeah. You dig? So that's just a boogeyman that everybody is afraid of. That even if they do, you're still not going to lose. Like, that's the thing. Like, if they redeem, you're not going to lose. You're going to get your money back. You're going to get yeah. your money back. Plus. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just up. keep going to the next one. What a so, I'm glad we got a lot of this, like, out there for everybody. For everybody that's just tuning in, um, we are speaking with uh, Brother A.V. Shabazz uh, of E2 Business Solutions. Um, so, now that we have pretty much the groundwork and the cement down as far as laws are concerned, as far as your company, like, how do, do you ha who, how do you choose who supports you? Like, are there are these people that are inside the city that... How do you, you vet these people? Yeah. Like, is it, is it... Do you have your own process as far as, far as who works with you? Come on. When you say work with me? Like, as far as the people that you employ at E2. Well, I only have one uh, person that works with me. Okay. Like, like daily. Uh -huh. and, um, that's our, my partner. Okay. She don't work for me. She works with me. Okay. Right. And she's brilliant. And um, her name's Dominique. She's bilingual, mm -hmm. which she speaks to our Spanish, um, you know, clientele. Um, we're able to engage them, um, and she's she's versed in everything. Right? She do web design, and she do whatever. If you name it, she do it. Then she's educated. She's a farmer. She's just she's amazing. Yes, and Dominique. Yes. That's my right hand. She, yes. You know? So that's my for us. You know, me and her work together. Um, outside of that, is everybody. Like pretty much work like they are part of my part of the class, a part of the group. Okay, okay. And we work with each other in that capacity, but that's just teamwork make the dream work. Okay. So if we, you know, if you need something done, like if I'm doing a cleanup, like I'm doing a cleanup this weekend on a on a um, storefront that I um, acquired over in, on the south side on 13th Place, mm -hmm. old, the old Wally Market. Okay, yeah, I saw you post it. Yeah. So you know, we'll go in as a group. You know, get the get the material going in there and just clean it out and get it ready and then you know that way I won't have to pay nobody to do it the same way with them you know as opposed to spending our money we get together and do the work ourselves that we can do and keep the cost down so like that and we help each other work through deals um, partner with deals um, you got property somebody looking for it, I turn it on to you I got a property you want you can get it from me like we just work together so would it be safe to assume that the that business solutions would be uh, pretty much um, 
would it be safe to say that that would be a pretty much clear name on what it is that you guys do you guys offer business solutions like you guys work with people to try to figure out solutions for their business or is that being too plain in the description so another thing another component that we do two two more huh? like we talked a lot about the tax tax property that's the hot hot topic item right right but we also do business startup which is very important you know mm -hmm. you being a business owner and having went through those channels and learned the hard way um, like it's very important for your business to be structured properly, mm -hmm. right? To be structured properly. Right now, you have a lot of people who will tell you, I got my own business, I got my own LLC. Mm -hmm. And then you say, well, do you have an operating agreement? And they be like, what's that? Well, you don't even have a business. That's mm -hmm. just like having a car with no motor, right? Mm -hmm. It's just a car outside. You can't drive it nowhere. It has no value, right? So you have to have an operating agreement in order for your business to actually be a business. That's the constitution to your business. Mm -hmm. that is the, that's the guts of your business. That's the protections of your business and the safeguards. If there are no, there, if there is no operating agreement, then the protections that you think you have as an LSC, you don't. Mm -hmm. And if you go to court, they're going to do what is called allow the suit, the person who's suing you to pierce the corporate veil, which means to discard your whole LSC status and sue you. Wow. Because you don't have an operating agreement de detailing what your safeguards are and how your company is ran. Oh, so they just listening to you right there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's a very important. Also, it's important to have your operating agreement and your business structured properly and operated properly because your business is just like a home. It is a, an investment and it accrues value over time. It doesn't matter at what time you close your door. You have created a living, breathing entity that has value if you have operated it correctly and kept your proper records. Otherwise, so when you get ready to walk away from Smash Brothers, Smash Brothers will have a tag, it will have a value that you can sell it, the whole company for. Mm -hmm. But if you did not structure your business properly from the beginning, and you did not operate it properly, when the investor comes in and says, I'm interested in Smash Brothers Radio, I want to buy it from you, and they ask to see your books, it's a, it's a wrap. You got nothing. Mm -hmm. Right? Because you don't have anywhere where they can see that this, this business has been ran properly, where the money went, and how things are. They don't have any. They don't have minutes for meetings. They don't have any of that. So it's just like it don't exist. So you put this twenty years in, and now you walk away from nothing. Mm. That's crazy. Like a lot of people don't know that. Like they, they talk hey, about. Hey, they're spilling another milk. Yeah. <laughs> okay, y'all got the LLCs. It's another okay. hustle. Just like you people buy houses and sell houses. Mm -hmm. You can you can start businesses and sell businesses. Like you can literally like that's what Dame Dash do. Dame Dash will start a business and then he'll sell it. Because there are people who are looking for these businesses who don't want to start them or don't know how to start them. Because the startup is the most crucial part. To get the business off the ground and get it fluctuating. You can come in and maintain it, but can you start it? Yeah. Right? So if I start it for you and I get it floating for you, now you're like, okay, it's just like a house. You're going to buy the house put together. You buy the business put together. Mm -hmm. It's the okay. same thing. It's just a different mm -hmm. commodity, right? Okay. So when we understand that, now guess what just happened? I just opened up some whole new opportunities for people who didn't even know that they had them. Because yeah. there are people out here right now who are specialized and having great ideas and be able to put something together who may not like me. I'm not, I don't like to do the same thing over and over. I don't like monotony. Once I do something for a period of time, it'd be time for me to go and do something else. Mm -hmm. You dig what I'm saying? Yeah. So I create this baby and I sell it and I go on to the next one. You dig mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Because that's just my personality. But, you know, that's important to know. That is a very interesting point to make though like people people in their businesses are 
making businesses. Yeah. That's their business. That they yeah. generate businesses. That's right. Dame Dash does do that. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what Dame Dash does. And it's a, it's crazy because a lot of people do. Yeah. Well, I want a lot of, a lot of people do like you ever seen, that's a hustle. You ever seen the um the the, uh, the series um, um Silicon Valley? Yeah. 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 You ever seen um what's the other one um I think it's um uh, Soups. Mm-mm. No, I haven't I seen. seen I, I think the, the TV show Soups. Soups. That's the TV show. Oh yeah, the the yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So those shows tell you they teach you all of this, mm-hmm. right? Like you see those lawyers, that's what they was doing. Like they buy and sell businesses. And those are corporate lawyers. Those are business lawyers. Mm-hmm. That's what they do. Mm-hmm. And they 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 keep people from taking over businesses, showing people how to sell businesses, showing how to keep direct. Like that's what they do. Just watching them show, you'll learn so much. You learn about business startup, Silicon Valley. That whole series show you the whole process of business startup mm-hmm. from A to Z. You <laughs> did. It show you how to erect the business, start it, get funding. It show you the whole process. If you just sit there and watch, you get a lot. Of, a lot and of it's stuff. crazy because most of the time they say you put the information in the book, it's hard to find. Now it's actually on TV for you to just sit and watch. Yeah. And the information still is missed. Yeah. yeah. You just got to realize what you're looking at. And another thing we do is um, product manufacturing. There right. we go. So um, I have a, one of my mentors, Malik Saleem, out of Atlanta, Georgia. He's the owner, one of the owners of True Detergent, the mm-hmm. black-owned detergent, which I, I'm a um, distributor of the detergent. Y'all need the detergent. Y'all holler at you. <laughs> gotcha. Got okay. If you want to do wholesale or retail, it don't matter. If you need something to wash your clothes with, gotcha. If you need your whole big old pallet of to sell yourself, gotcha again. But Malik is the one of the three owners of True Detergent. Mm-hmm. But he also is the person who introduced me to international by um, export, import, and export. Because that's what he does. Mm-hmm. He does. So okay. through our relationship, the opportunity for anybody to get any products that you want made, we connect you directly with factories in China. So y'all know what's going on in China right now. So mm-hmm. everything is like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but anything you want to get produced, it could be yeah, these, it could be these, whatever you, them earphones, them glasses, it doesn't matter. They make everything. Mm-hmm. And the thing about buying manufactured, uh, getting products manufactured, you have what is called a, a, Q, uh, a MOQ, mm-hmm. minimum order quantity. Like you have to order like so many pieces before they go to manufacturing. Hmm, okay. So you can't buy one. Nah. Yeah. So you have to like three, you might have 300 or you might have 3,000 based on the product. I can't get fit that on time. Based on the product, right? Mm-hmm. So, but the thing about it is the cost is going to be so low, mm-hmm. right? So you saw like iPod, earpods and all stuff like that. Like people wearing Bluetooth speakers, all that. You can get that stuff for like three, four dollars. Mm-hmm. You sell it here for like $20 or you can wholesale it for like 10 you know what I mean? You can sell a whole, you can get 20 and sell a whole bundle. If you bought it for three, sell the whole pack for 10 for somebody to sell each individual and make 20. So it's just so many ways to make money. Yeah, so that's three different things of basically financial stability that you guys offer that most, or I'll, I'll be the first person to stand out there. I didn't actually consider manufacturing items as a, a, a income for me. That's just something that I didn't even see. Right. And I bring that up to, to talk about, like you said, so many different ways to make money. It goes back to the, the topic that we were talking about earlier, the, the initial point. We are ignorant to a lot of things. Right. By condition, by design, we can we can agree to all of those things. Like We are conditioned to be ignorant in certain instances. Right. So, But it is this 
what you're doing is so important because it is really changing the scope of how we view the board in this instance. Definitely. It's really changing the board. And, and what's also great is the idea that you guys have this knowledge and you offer coursework for this. So is this just with tax properties? Is this just the, the coursework is just centered around learning how to deal with tax properties? Or do you guys also offer some type of coursework for learning how to navigate with manufacturing these goods or, or you know, doing something else as far as buying and selling businesses? Is that something else you guys also teach? No. So we don't, in, in the um, in the startup, mm -hmm. what we center on is uh, structure. Yeah. To make sure you structure it properly. Yeah. Once you structure it properly, then we will either um, put you in the hands of capable persons like Isaac Cooper, right? Somebody like that, like a, a person who we know and confident who can guide you through that. Yeah. Or, or, or put you in a direction where you can learn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a lot of stuff. Like, when we think about it, like, I've hustled my whole life. Yeah. Like, for survival, mm -hmm. right? So, making money is that's what it is. It's a hustle. Mm -hmm. You know how to make money, you know how to hustle. But hustling is not a business. Hustling is making money. Business is paperwork. It's an act and paperwork. Business is paperwork mm -hmm. and process. Mm -hmm. Right? Paperwork and process. You can make you can have a business and not make money. Yeah. You understand that? Uh -huh. You can have a business and not make money. Mm -hmm. You can make money and not have a business. Mm -hmm. But when you have a business that make money, you have both of those components together. So business equals an organized hustle. So we want to make you organize your hustle. And then put you on the path to get the bag the right way. Mm -hmm. Just teach you how. Because once you get into the game, now you understanding what you're playing with. Then you learning words like scale. Yeah, like yeah, this yeah. ain't nothing that you don't know. You just they just using different language. Scale just means grow. Nigga, you were scaling on the block when mm -hmm. you passed the pack out to four people. That was scaling. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So you just gotta like we break down terms to make it just what a baby can understand. Because what happens is. People will, watch this, classism is real. Mm. And people who have formal education use the language of education deliberately to keep you ignorant and dependent on them. Even with laws, the yeah. way that they write up the laws, is, yeah. is, it was, is so much jargon, so much legal jargon in it that either people get frustrated and they cease to want to know. Yeah. Or they just think that they know when they know wrong. Don't worry, you're pretty little head about it. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't worry about it. I got it. Let me get uh, that. Yeah, don't, don't <laughs> so we, we try to operate inside that space. We want to empower. But one of the most empowering things for me, um, Malik. So I went to China twice. I went to 2012 and I went, um, what is it, this year or last year? Last I think year. it was November. last year. November last year. End of October, 1st of November. Mm -hmm. But the most powerful thing for me was to see... This dude is a black dude, Malik, black dude, just like me, African-American. We get on a plane. We go across the fucking world. Mm. We're on the other side of the planet. Mm. We don't know, these folk don't speak English, bruh. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, these folks speak Chinese. Mm. There ain't nothing but Chinese, mm. right? This man had went over there and developed a whole team of Chinese people who catered to him like he is some type of God. I'm talking about they wait, he get off the airplane, they right there. Take him anywhere he want to go. Talk, anything he say to them do, they do. Anything he want to, like, translate, he even got, you know, he can speak some, some English. We going to the factories. We not, ain't no brokers, ain't no middleman. 
We doing everything. Like, we going into the factory. We going into Dong Wan. We going into Guangzhou. We going to Shazin. We going to the factory. We see this factory. And when we think in China, when you think factory, this a factory. It be something this size. Mm -hmm. That they producing, hell, Macy's, Macy's button downs. Yeah. I'm in the factory that produced Macy's button downs. Yeah. But it's a family-owned establishment. Mm -hmm. Right? But they have... They have factories like we have mom and pop stores. Ah. Oh, okay. That's how China's built. Yeah. Like everybody make, right? And they make, um, they 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 manufacture. So you got beauty salons. They got manufacturing. Mm -hmm. Like family. So it's just a whole different animal. But the beauty, the, the powerful thing about Malik, Malik, is as I saw him, this maneuver, and he never used any of the quote-unquote channels that you would think you would have to use to get stuff done. Mm. From talking to him, getting the products done, getting the ship, he had his own network. He had his own network. He didn't have to go through none of them folks who we think we got to go through. Like, we think we can't do nothing without white folks. Yeah. This man yeah. didn't use them folks for nothing and get everything he want. <laughs> mm. I was like, wow, that's just crazy. Yeah. It was mind-blowing. <laughs> yeah. What's beautiful about this is because the the teaching of the the coursework that you have for the taxes for the for the tax property that's one thing but work the other two legs of this company you essentially assess people when they come in and the more they go into it you then partner or push them into somebody that might help them more Correct. so it's still networking. It's yes, still community definitely. building, but it's just it's it's necessary for me to to tap into this point. I know it seems like I'm rambling, but we have to consider the fact that with a lot of black men and the way that black men are perceived, it's as if they we go, don't we can't work together. There go Anna. That, you know, uh, Asian. Remember, I told you, Asian who had hit me in my inbox and introduced me and pulled my and like laced me up with a lot of it. Mm -hmm. She's on the live now. Hey. She on the desk, Anna. What the good name you got? Anna Gr Gr Anna Gripe or something she got on there. <laughs> <laughs> That's Asia. Yeah, Asia. Um, I still remember. It was like 2017. She just said, "Man, you need to inbox me. Boom. I mean, you need to call me." That's the big alley oop, ain't it? <laughs> yeah. That is the alley oop yeah. of a century, ain't it? And she laced me up, and I said, um, "I remember I told Asia when I like I shouted out one time. She was like, and you the only person that took it and did something with it.'" <laughs> Ooh, I know that's, they hurt. Ooh, lemonhead. That's all it takes sometimes. Ooh, I, I just think it's fascinating that the 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 knowledge is not being hoarded, and I want people to 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 listen to that. Like just just marinate in that for a minute. Well, all of the knowledge that's being given, or all of the knowledge that's that's available, it is not being hoarded because for centuries and for eons, it seems like our communities have have rendered or have laid up under this tutelage of the game is to be sold, not told. not told. And I understand it, but we're not going to tell nothing. Well, let's we're not going to show let's, nothing. Let's talk about that, right? So I had a guy who does this as well, and he he hit me up. He's like, A.V., man, you can't be getting away all the game, man. You're getting it away, man. You're going to have the whole game flooded. Man, you're going to have, man, you're going to mess it up for everybody. Oh, it's going to be oversaturated. It's going to be saturated. Oh. Guess what I told you? See, I have a, I, I, I know that you have people who 
hear and do nothing. You got people who hear, start to do something, and then don't do nothing. Then you have people who hear and do it. Mm -hmm. And those people are rare. And I don't know who they are. Yeah. <laughs> right? I don't know who they are. Yeah. But I know that there are only a few of them. Mm -hmm. So if I get 50, and I tell my students this, if I get, uh, I got, like, right now I got going on 80, 70-something students going on 80. And I tell them, I don't know which one of y'all going to actually produce. But it's not my job to try to figure it out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It is my job to get you the information and for you to determine who that is. But I know 60% of y'all ain't finna do nothing. Mm -hmm. A little or nothing, right? But that's not my dog. That's not my, my, uh, my, my, my fight, you know. Mm -hmm. That's not my fight. But bigger than that, the investment. Mm -hmm. All right, so this is, there's a movie y'all remember called Karate Kid. Mm -hmm. And in the movie Karate Kid, the, the guy, he wanted to learn karate. Mm -hmm. He went to the master. The master said, you don't want to learn. He said, yes, I do. He said, no, you don't. He said, yes, I do. He said, go over there and watch that wall. He said, well, watch that wall. Got to do he said, go watch the wall. You say you want to learn? Go watch the wall. So he go in and start watching the wall. He tell him to do some more stuff, do some more stuff. He said, man, you got me. Forget this. You got me working. You ain't teaching me nothing. He swung at it. He blocked. He did it. He blocked. You was investing in yourself. Mm -hmm. right? That's the thing. Like We have to be willing to invest in ourselves. Mm -hmm. See, I'm not going to give nobody nothing. Uh-huh. Right? Because one of the problems in our community that has been created in us is dependency. Oh, yeah. Right? And dependency has to be destroyed. Mm -hmm. So I'm not finna give you anything, especially no wrong man. Don't come to me asking me nothing. You finna get mm -hmm. the ugly AV. <laughs> I, no, I'm not giving you nothing. The, the fact you fix your mouth like that shows that you have a problem within yourself that a grown man gonna ask me for something. Like, it's what like the, what it is, the lack of accountability. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But now, so... Because we understand that it needs to be destroyed. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, we understand that we're dealing with a people who have been through some things and, and we in some situations where we need help. Mm -hmm. So what I do is I provide the opportunity that you either A, pay the small fee of $500 because what you're going to get for this 500 is way, like, that's nothing. Mm -hmm. Or you can work it off like you do a barter. If you have a business, you can trade business services. If you have sweat equity, you can do sweat equity. You have 20, 20 work hours. And work off your cost, but you're not gonna get nothing for free. Nah. And if you're serious about what you say, you're serious about what you're gonna do. And a lot of the people who have been through my class have come through my class through that avenue. Mm -hmm. And guess what? I get more benefit as a person from sweat equity than I do from money. Yeah. Right. Yes. And a lot of the the, the um, situations that even in, in buying and selling property, a lot of I do a lot of bartering. Because what we got to understand is that a lot of times money becomes the barrier to success. Yeah, you're like not using the right currency. The focal point, but it's really becomes a barrier. Now, Bear want to get in my course, and Bear don't have five hundred dollars, and but Bear has a talent, mm -hmm. right? But he don't have five hundred dollars. This never happens, mm -hmm. right? But if I say, "What do you? What do you do?" Mm -hmm. and Bear say, "Well, hell, I have a media outlet." I'm saying, well, do you do promotion? Yeah, I'm a beast with promotion. I said, well, you do some promotion for me, and I'll give you the course. You see that? Mm -hmm. I, my business just grew, mm -hmm. and Bear just grew. Yeah. Because we took money out the way. Yeah. The, my children the get education. My children get tutored because of bartering. Right? Beautiful. Get home tutoring because of bartering. Beautiful. Right? Like, it's so much value. 
and bartering when you have people who have talents and resources. So let's not get caught up in the money. Mm -hmm. Like she yeah. say all the time, like even swap ain't no swan. Yeah. Even swap ain't no swan. You goddamn right. Like I, I honestly and truly believe that when we, like you just brought up a, a very key point. When we take money out of the way and look for another currency, mm -hmm. look for another, uh, because money is just what we use. Now, that's the, that's the, the nation's thing to, to solidify. Like, oh, we're, this is currency. currency. It's a tangible yeah. tracking system. What does currency mean? Currency is the movement mm -hmm. of power. Yeah. Of so the, you're exchanging your movement for this thing that stands in its place. Mm -hmm. So it's all all power derived from the people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? We gotta understand that. Everything I do I understand that. Y'all heard the guy um my man guy um Fred Hampton? Yes. Mm -hmm. Fred Hampton famously said when talking to some guys who he was working with yes. to try to get some stuff done in the community and they was talking about putting together a um a um a a union. Mm -hmm. Um uh, um not the Credit union, mm -hmm. and they was laying out to him how it's gonna go, and then uh, Fred said, "Where's the educational component?" Uh -huh. And they, yeah, we're gonna get to that, but first thing we want you to see, woo, 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 woo. and Fred said, "But where's the educational component?" Uh -huh. And like, yeah, yeah, we got that. That's gonna come. We already got it figured out. It's over here. But first thing we want, he said, "No." He pushed everything away. He said, "Where's the edu? Before you show me anything, you need to show me the educational component." Because the people has to be in power, or else they susceptible to be a, a, a slave to a new slave master. Mm -hmm. To a I'm new level currency. So this mm -hmm. is what we're talking about. We have to empower people, which is impart the knowledge, the information, for them to ex exist on their own, for mm -hmm. them to be able to navigate these things on their own, and not be dependent on a person or an entity to do that form. We have to break away from that. We have to empower. And empower means educate. Mm -hmm. So, I mean... For those that want to um, get to you and get uh, be a part of your Battle Block campaign, they want to get in tune with E2 Business Solutions, how would they go about doing it? E2 Business Solutions, we have a website at E2BusinessSolutions.com. We have a website that's built out. Um, and inside the website, we also have we have all of our, what we do. We have the startup. We have the, um, the, the, the product manufacturing. We haven't we haven't got that in place yet. We're working on that. To, you know, we're navigating how to make it as seamless as possible. We try to do everything where Folio can do it, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. And we also have a a place where you can go in see the tax properties that we have that's in our that's in our catalog. So that's on our e two e two businesssolutions.com. A fast track to purchasing our online curriculum. You can go to e two bytheblock.com. E two bytheblock.com, and it'll take you straight to um, you know, the catch where you can purchase the curriculum. Also, we have our Facebook page, Entrepreneur Empowerment, because E2 stands for Entrepreneur Empowerment. It's E squared. That's yeah. actually what it is. So, Entrepreneur Empowerment LLC is our Facebook page. You can go there and you can see what we've been doing, the work we've been doing, and how, how we get down. And we just came off a tour. We didn't talk about that, right? Oh, talk yeah. about it. We just came off a, 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 through the month of black history, we did a a black empowerment tour, right? We went 12 locations throughout the city of Birmingham from the east side all the way to the west side and we did free seminars on the block, meeting people where they are. Like the pop-ups? The pop-ups. Like mm -hmm. We had the tent, we had, I had the monitor on the back of the truck, I had the, the, um, the quiet generator, we plugged up the computer, we got the big, the big monitor out and we showed them and taught them right there on the block how to go in and out these websites and how to apply for properties 
and answer all the questions that they needed and wanted to ask. So that was our Black History giveaway. We also did a 20% um, 20, 20 off on the curriculum by using the code Black Power, all caps, no spaces, but that expired at the end of Black History. So we just want to, you know, make ourselves as accessible as possible to those who want to be accessed. Not looking for everybody. That's right. Not trying to save everybody, not trying to give everybody these Jews, all this information. I'm looking for who looking for it. That's right. That's who I'm looking for. If you're looking for it, I'm looking to give it to you. If you ain't looking for it, don't come around me because I don't got time to be playing <laughs> no wrong folks and no wrong folks. Either children. you with it or you ain't. Right. <laughs> Yeah, we got things to do. <laughs> well, we appreciate Brother A.V. for joining us. Yeah. We appreciate all the jewels that he's bestowed upon us this evening. Um, like open he said, invitation, man. Yeah, this open invitation. Anytime little. you get ready. Anytime you start doing something else in the city, please hesitate, don't hesitate to hit man, us up. Sound bubbling, boy. Y'all better look. If this thing drops like I think it's finna drop, it's finna be crazy around here. Y'all gonna call me Nipsey Hustle. <laughs> we'll definitely come back and impart. Nip. <laughs> Definitely come back and neighborhood. <laughs> come back and impart whatever jewels that you want to come in uh, and just rake in whoever. Some people are listening, trying to find out what's going to be their next move. So yeah. we want to be able to get the information to them. But thank we, you for continue. Just thank you for being a, a, a vessel to be able for people to go that direction because there's so many different things. Yeah. Like we talk about all the time, it changes the scope. It changes the way that we look at things because, as you were saying about Malik. He was doing things that we didn't, you didn't even know. Like, we think that we need this, 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 and this, and this to do it. When in reality, sometimes the hardest thing is to do is just starting. Yeah. Yeah. Or just getting the first steps in motion. And yeah, we have to, we have yeah. to start thinking, like, like, we have to think bigger. Right? Yeah. Like, we can't be afraid of borders. Because mm -hmm. borders don't exist. Mm -hmm. Especially now. Right? Especially so, now. Yeah. Like, going to different countries. Like, one thing I realized, like, when I went to Africa, like... I went to Africa by myself. Was I afraid? Yes. Do I let afraid? Do I let fear confine me? Fuck no. Mm -hmm. Right? <laughs> I don't give a fuck how. I, I, I never do that. Mm -hmm. right? I don't give a fuck. I'm, yeah. I'm not gonna allow my apprehensions to keep me coddled up in no corner, in no safe spot, mm -hmm. in no comfort zone. And once I went and I got there and I breathed and I and I experienced it, and I realized that we, how we look at Africa. But I'm in Africa, and these brothers right here be going all over the place. They don't even know the boy. They they ride out playing like we ride Uber. These boys be going in New England, I mean, uh, England, uh, uh, Europe, China, Japan, America. These boys be getting up and getting up out of there. They don't care nothing about no borders. And we here in Birmingham acting like we doing it so big and looking down our nose at somebody, and we ain't never left Jefferson County. Yeah. Yeah, I go to Atlanta and turn up. <laughs> yeah, we went to Atlanta, man. Yeah, we went to Atlanta. But we just got to think bigger, man. Yeah. And then once we think bigger and we see different stuff, we realize the opportunity. Like going to China, and you realize, like, China's full of uh, millions and millions of people just like you. They're trying to get it. They're trying to get it, bro. They're getting it and trying to get it, just like you. They looking for a way to connect with you, just like you looking for a way trying to connect with them. I think the most dope part about what he said was, I can see it. That's that's why I said like you changed the scope, because like dog, they got warehouses like we got mom and pop stores. That's yes. pretty much the yeah. the big for me. I'm like really big. <laughs> Yeah. That's what's up. That's beautiful. Like we, we definitely appreciate you coming through. Anytime you get time to, to stop please by, come and, please come oh, back no and chop it up no with us. No doubt. This I has been a, having me. Yeah. <laughs> open door, open door. 
We uh, this has been another edition of Witted Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, it's been it. Yeah, yeah. So run this back if you missed any of the jewels that Brother Av has hey, set out. So you need to watch this. Yeah, you this. need to watch this, and then you need to share this with your family members. You need to go in your mama room and take your phone out and tap on her and say, "Look, watch you need this. to call your uncle, the <laughs> one that's always got a story about the heyday. Tell him about this yeah. when y'all grilling." Y'all playing cards? Put this on go, the table. Put this on, hey, now Just hit play. Y'all keep playing cards. All of y'all got these fancy USBs. Plug your phone up to the TV so we can really get it in. You got these Roku's. <laughs> <laughs> Stay with it, man. I broke two TVs. But this has been another edition of Winter Wednesdays. We appreciate y'all. Just make sure y'all stay with it. For the money, man. <laughs>